Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. So years back, I made a late night stop at a local Walmart on my way home from a friend's house. It was in a quiet area, not a lot of people out, and about at nearly 1am. I've lived around there for years and never run into any truly criminal elements there, so I felt safe going to the store alone as a woman in my early 20s. I made eye contact with a teenage girl the second that I walked in the door. She was parked on a bench by the restrooms, hugging a backpack and a small purse, checking her phone with a rather desperate expression on her face. When she looked at me, I could tell that she was on the verge of panicking. After a brief second of staring at me, she went back to checking her phone and making phone calls. At the other end of the bench was a white-haired man in jeans and a t-shirt. If I had to guess, he was probably in his late 50s or early 60s. Altogether, nothing appeared off about him, but what struck me was the fact that he never looked up as I passed. Instead, his eyes were absolutely glued to the teenage girl next to him. Not in a passive way either, but like he was sizing her up for something. She was perched on the edge of the bench, angling herself away from his gaze and leaning away from him. Her body language screamed that she wanted nothing to do with him. And something about him really set off warning bells in my head as I went about grabbing the items that I'd stopped for. So, I'm normally the type of person that mills about stores aimlessly, making a point to wander each aisle just to see what's for sale. That night, however, I felt a a pressing need to get in and out of that store as quickly as possible, and something in the back of my head told me to keep an eye on the man on the front bench. I moved my knife from my purse to the front pocket of my jeans, where it would be easily accessible. That's how uneasy I felt too, being in the same building as this guy. And as I purchased my items, I watched the pair on the front bench. The man had moved halfway across the space between them and was trying to chat with this young woman. She was shaking her head and offering one-word answers, looking like a rabbit about to bolt. As I walked past them again to leave with my purchases, she stopped me and asked if I was headed anywhere close to my old hometown. 
Apparently, she had been on her way home from a trip with friends or something, and they had made a stop to grab some drinks and use the restroom. She had gotten separated from the group, and they left her at the store. The store was about a 30-minute drive from my old hometown, and I knew that to get home, she would have to walk several hours along unlit stretches of rural highway. The man sitting next to her continued to leer at her, but refused to look my way. While I would normally have told this girl that I was headed the opposite direction, something in the back of my head told me not to leave her alone with this guy. So I agreed to take her home and she thanked me profusely and even offered some gas money and a cigarette. I refused both and I took her home. The logic part of my brain reasoning that this girl weighed maybe 100 pounds and was a full head shorter than I was, so if it actually came down to it, I could probably fight her off. I wasn't stupid either. I texted a few friends to let them know what I was doing and they were not happy with me. But a girl mentioned her address and I knew exactly where she was talking about. It was an old, quiet neighborhood where I used to play little league baseball down the street and swim in the pool a few blocks away too. Now, during the drive, she had told me that she had just moved to the area with her mum and younger sister from a large city several hours south. She had taken off with a few of her old friends for the weekend and her mum hadn't expected her back until the following day, so she'd silenced her phone for the night and hadn't picked up when the girls tried to call. Also, I vaguely remember something about her mum having to work early in the morning, and none of the girls' sisters were old enough to have their own phones. Anyway, we arrived at our destination, and the girl gave me a handshake and thanked me repeatedly, asking if there was anything that she could do to repay me. I told her, yeah, do me a favor, why don't you get better friends? Looking back though, I have no idea what about the man creeped me out so much, but something about him and the way he was staring at that girl just got my hackles up. I had thought in passing that he might have been waiting for somebody else in the store, or perhaps someone using the nearby restroom, but upon checking out, it struck me that I hadn't seen any other customers there, so he really had no reason to be waiting on that bench. I was still living with my parents at the time, so when I got home, I woke my mum up and told her what happened. She hesitated, and I could see that she did not like the idea of me giving a stranger a ride home, but in the end, she agreed that something had prompted me to take action, and that, who knows, I might have saved that young girl from being harassed, or maybe a lot worse. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I 
Com. So this took place over a few years in a farmhouse in the desert of Arizona. It was newly developed land. We moved into the place when I was 15. At the time, I was going through a lot emotionally and smoking a fair bit of weed too. And I guess that could explain some of my personal experiences. So I'll try not to dwell on them too much, but here it goes. So the house was set up almost plantation style. It was very wide and narrow, a big wraparound porch and lots of awkward corners. The front room was a tall library with an open balcony to the upstairs, which ran into long skinny bedrooms. My parents' room was closest to the stairs and attached to a nursery with a sliding ensuite door. My brothers, two years younger, and my room were at the end of a dark hallway. That side of the house never got sun to it, so it was always uh, bad vibes all around down there. Downstairs, too, there was a really messed up Harry Potter-style closet, a sunken living room, a kitchen in the center of the house, and a sunken playroom for the baby. And everything started the first day that we moved in. So my brother and I were the only ones in the house just unboxing plates. The place was so empty that everything echoed. And I swear it sounded like a, a little girl laughed, like a creepy track that you could get off an app or something. Keep in mind that the TVs were not plugged in yet. And we were on an acre of land far away from the dirt road and my brother was way too stupid to pull a prank like that. But it wasn't just this too. You see, I started hearing voices at night. This wasn't unusual too. I honestly used to freak myself out so badly that I think I made up noises to scare myself maybe. Anyway, my parents had raised me not to talk about things scaring me, to tough it out and be a big girl. It was fine most of the time during the day and everything always happened at night, but I do remember distinctly when it started messing with me in my bed. In solidarity, my brother and I kept our bedroom doors open for hallways nightlight, and in case we needed to call for each other too. We had a pretty messed up childhood that might have contributed to all the codependency I'll describe during this, but I was falling asleep, not quite out at this point, when I felt the blanket slipping off the bed and reached down to grab it. This was common too. I didn't have a bed frame with a foot, so it kept slipping no matter how I tried to tuck it though. And in classic horror movie fashion, the last time that I pulled it, I felt tension. There was nothing that I could have caught on, mind you. I feel like the second that I went from confused to terrified, it bounced back to me too. I don't know how to explain this well too, but put it this way, I was sure that someone was under the bed pulling it away from me. Later though, I moved another nightlight into the bedroom. It was a kind of spooky amber orange and I convinced my parents to let me paint the walls cherry red. Again, I was almost asleep but not quite there so I don't think it could have been sleep paralysis. When I heard the carpet sort of rustle and maybe some joints cracking? Whatever it was, it sounded like my mum had come to check on me. I opened my eyes quickly and immediately froze. Now, I don't think I've ever been more scared than this in my life, but there was a woman crawling across my floor from the far side of the room to the foot of my bed. She was pale and stringy-haired like she was going bald. I couldn't see her face. I don't know how I fell asleep too that night, but I couldn't scream or move. I 
think she disappeared under my bed at some point. Again, I know that this could all just be a hallucination, but man, did it feel real. Another time, my baby brother was about seven months old when she started coming out during the day. My mum was a teacher at the time and was able to stay home with us during summer vacation. It was lunchtime and we were watching a movie quietly downstairs while the baby napped. There were noises upstairs, like something dropped to the ground. We listened for a second before my mum ran up. She thought that the baby may have fallen out of the crib. We found the door and found him asleep. But then we noticed that there was some really weird stuff on the floor. And it took us a while to figure out what it was, but it was like drywall or something. There was a crawl space to a small attic where the AC and the insulation could be reached. It was barely big enough to get into and a good nine feet from the ground. It also had to be pushed up and slid over to open, but there was a visible gap. The carpet was a really ugly dark blue, so we could see white spots all over the ground like something was dragged from one side of the room to where the crib was. It stopped right in front of it too, but my mum checked the closet and called my stepdad. He couldn't leave work, so we stayed downstairs until he got home and checked the crawl space. We never had any animals, and it's really difficult for most things to live in Arizona, so wildlife is pretty rare in that area. But he didn't find anything or any signs of anything living up there. And this happened every other day for like two weeks too. We really didn't know what to make of it. My mum even thought that it might have been the AC suctioning the opening up or something. It stopped though eventually and it never happened again for like two and a half years. But when my baby sister was born and stayed in the same crib, again, it happened on and off for a few weeks and then never again. But the AC never popped that opening open, so we have no idea what was happening. Now, to keep my own solo experiences a little bit more brief, I had a period of three months where I straight up didn't sleep pretty much. I actually went a little bit crazy, I think, but every night I felt like my bed was shaking. At the instant that I laid my head down, it would vibrate. The metal frame would sway, and I'd feel like someone was pushing on the mattress between the baseboards or sitting on the corner or something. I had my brother touch the frame one night, too, to tell me if it was shaking, or was it just in my head? And he said that it wasn't just in my head. But I'm not sure if he was just playing into it or not. Hard to say. I thought I might have been having seizures or something at one point. And I got so frustrated with it that I started sleeping on the couch downstairs with the dog. And it was at this point that I started hearing whispers too. Not a noise that sounded odd, but like someone calling my name. And my name has like three syllables, so... It's not like I misheard it. I would be in my room, door open, doing something at night after my parents went to bed. It was a female voice, but it sounded off. I don't know how to explain it, but the downstairs really scared me after the lights went out, so I never went down, but I did walk to the balcony to look down. Mind you, I never saw anything, but the whispering would always stop when I got close. Then my brother started hearing it too, which really freaked me out. He's kind of weird. His life's dream has been enlisting in the army, so his reaction was always getting his knife and walking right downstairs to confront it. He'd turn on the lights and look around before coming back up. 
He even slept on my floor a few nights because he was convinced that she wanted me. We had prior haunting experiences which led my parents to making jokes that the ghosts follow us. They just didn't pay much attention to it as this time when it was quiet. Now one night my parents went out with the babies. My brother and I were in our rooms, doors open as usual, when we started hearing something weird. I thought it was the wind. It got louder too until it was clear that a woman was wailing in our house somewhere. I know it sounds crazy, but it was clear, man. We hid in my room it was that clear for what felt like hours calling my mum. For some reason too, it didn't occur to us to call the police at this point. But eventually, the crying stopped. We hatched a plan to run for the stairs and out the nearest door. All the lights were on in the house and my brother had his stupid knives like normal. But it was like it knew that we were going to leave. We heard shuffling outside the door and maybe breathing at one point too. It could have just been the air conditioning, but we kind of decided that we were ready to die, unlocked the door, and we just booked it. The crying started again, and this time it was clear that it was in my parents' room. We got out, though, and we stood outside the property line for like an hour, waiting for them to come home, watching the house. No one could have gotten out without us seeing it, but we had huge windows lining the upstairs hallway that showed everything with the lights on. My parents, they actually made fun of us and still do about that night. A few other incidences included my brother talking to the man upstairs. He'd stand in front of the balcony and talk up to someone. He told us that the man was hiding in my room. He talked about the man in the window and would ask who's that, directed at the doors at night. I don't want to talk about all of it, obviously, but... There were just so many instances of voices, door slamming, and things being knocked over in my room that I honestly thought that I was losing my mind. And it was at around 18 that I moved out and came back occasionally, usually just to babysit. Apparently, my reluctant believer mother and absolute skeptic stepdad watched a coffee pot jump off the counter at one stage when I was gone. But they also were sitting outside having a fire open evening when... They saw a figure in the balcony window of their bedroom. It was a tall man, but my stepdad still needed urging to go upstairs. It appeared a second time, closer to where the nursery door was. My mum said that she had terrible dreams about a man in the corner of her room after that. She was present for many of the times that we heard footsteps upstairs too, doors slamming when the AC was off, all that sort of stuff, but... She always denied there being anything wrong, which was always weird to me. My parents left town with the kids for a week at one point, and at this point I was 19 and living happily an hour away. My mum begged me to check on my brother and stay a few nights for the weekend. I arrived during the evening after I got off work, and I asked how it had been alone, and he said that he was fine, he just didn't go upstairs at night and minded his own business. He said that... If he ignored it and tried not to get scared, then it ignored him. He felt safe with the dog too, and we were watching YouTube and eating when we started hearing a sort of a deep noise. At first I thought it was a bike or one of the small buggies people drove out there, but then I noticed that it was holding a tune. It was humming. The dog had a weird thing about staring into the bathroom if the door was open too, which was scary at night. But this time the door was closed and he still stood up and stared. 
The noise was so deep, in fact, that it sounded like it couldn't be human, but it was definitely melodic. There was nothing that I could figure out to explain it too, but my brother and I just kind of looked at each other, then a door slammed upstairs and we decided to just get out and go for a walk at that point. When we got back, I decided that I would sleep in my parents' room. It didn't feel right to stay in the kids' room, but looking back, it would have been the best way to stay close to my brother. I fell asleep that night, surprisingly easy too. I guess about two hours passed before my brother slammed the door open. The house smelt like it was burning. Not really like fire smell, but like burning plastic and trash. I was panicked. I was the adult and didn't know what to do. We checked the house. I turned off the air conditioning, thinking that it might be on fire internally. We opened all the windows and eventually fell asleep on the couch downstairs. The next day, the smell was still lingering, but less overwhelming, and the air conditioning was fine when I turned it back on. Like usual, the day was fine, but that next night, my brother and I went on a jack-in-the-box run. It might have taken like 30 minutes, but we arrived home to a mess of blood, vomit, and excrement of some sort. And eventually, we figured out that the dog was sick all over the living room. Well... We immediately took him to the emergency vet, certain that he was dying. They checked him for everything that they could, and they gave him a, a clean bill of health. But when we got home, everything just broke loose. You see, my brother and I were cleaning up the mess with the doors open for airflow, and there was absolutely insane banging noises from upstairs. We hadn't looked up on the way out, and my brother thought that someone must have snuck in and was trashing me upstairs. He went up to check, and I hung downstairs ready to call the police, but nothing happened. Nothing even seemed out of place, which was really weird. We kept cleaning though, but the noise started almost immediately. It kind of sounded like someone was shouting behind a wall of cement. I couldn't tell the gender. But my brother told me that he had been fine until I got there, that I could leave if I wanted. I, I totally did, and after that, I didn't go back. My parents actually sold the house this year. During the interim of the move, they stayed in an Airbnb. My brother lived really close to his work, so he stayed in the house with the dog for a few weeks. And this story, just on its own, is so weird that I'm still not sure if I believe it. Like I said, he's kind of weird, but not one to embellish, that's for sure. Anyway, he had been hearing the usual things, even his name being called in the night, but ignored it all. His friends had been coming over to keep him company, and the last day that he was supposed to finish moving, he brought a friend. He says that they felt like they were being watched the whole time that they cleared the place out, and his friend left him to lock up. They got into the car facing the house when... They noticed the blinds were open and they were definitely closed on the way out. And his friend claims that he actually saw them open from the side of his eye. My brother then says that there was a woman squatting in front of the downstairs window close to where he had just left from. She was pale, her nose was sort of hooked and her hair was black and stringy. Again, it's the classic horror movie ghost, I know, but... He said that she had black eyes with visible white dots in the middle, inside-out eyes as he called them, and she was smiling. 
He says that it took him a good second of shock to realize that she was looking right at him too. He felt sick too, like she could walk right out and get him. Upon seeing this though, they burned rubber when his friend snapped out of it and they screamed at each other all the way down the road about what they saw. He called me right after to explain it, but I was with friends and not really willing to listen at the time. What messes me up so much is that my mum thought that he had a psychotic break. He went into his room and cried all night at the Airbnb after it too because, well, nobody really believed him. She thought that something had happened with his girlfriend. My brother is not a crier at all either. I haven't seen him do it since like we were babies basically. But when we got together and talked about it, his eyes teared up then too. He said that he didn't know why, but he just knew that she wanted to kill him. He even drew a picture of her and it's not great, but it still fills me with this deep foreboding feeling. It took me a little while to realize that I had seen this woman too, just once in my bedroom almost five years ago. Seeing her suddenly made a lot of sense, and I knew that it just didn't feel like a woman, but it definitely felt feminine, if that makes sense. It felt like something pretending to be a woman, maybe? Anyways, this is getting long, so I better stop here, but feel free to offer any of your opinions. My ex brought up this today. We dated all through high school and had a few experiences together even that she recounts as her only paranormal encounters. I would love to still think that this is my own delusions, but it was shared by just too many people to be that, right? I mean, maybe a few things are explainable, but most of it just isn't. It's affected me so deeply that I'm still terrified that if I think too much about her, that she'll follow us a state away now. Oh, and uh, I also forgot to mention that we heard word from neighbors that the previous family had 12 people, Mormons living in the house. We could only fit like six into it. But they were really weird apparently, according to multiple families. And they moved in with five kids and only left with four. And we heard that something terrible happened. We have no idea if any of this is true because we couldn't find any documentation, but it is interesting that this is all rumored to have happened. Anyway, that's all I really have for now, and I hope you enjoyed the stories as hard as they are to tell again. I'll also try and answer any questions if you guys want to offer some comments below. Thanks. Apartments.com believes that a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time that you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. So, this is the first time I've ever shared something like this on a place like this, though I've always enjoyed listening to stories here. 
but it started with listening to people saying their knee messes with murderers and house invaders. Then it kind of shifted me to listening to more paranormal stuff. I'd always been kind of on the fence about such things. Like, on the one hand, I would be there going, how could something like that exist and people not have definitive proof of it? But on the other hand, I am not naive enough to think that there aren't some things out there that we don't know about. Besides, how could so many people have records of seeing that same thing when those people had never met? Still though, most of these stories are abroad, mostly America it seemed. Australia rarely seems to pop up in these tales and outside of stories of yaoi's there doesn't seem to be much help for me and what I saw. But anyway, here's what happened. So, I live in a small town inland of the coast of New South Wales. I say in a town, but the house is actually sort of situated a few kilometers out of town. It's the kind of area that you can see your neighbors in the distance, but you would really have to scream to get them to hear you. A few more kilometers up the road, and it turns into solid bush and national park. It's an old dirt road with trees either side, quiet apart from a few dirt bike riders who go there mostly on the weekends, and the occasional lost car, four-wheel drive, or person collecting wood. So for me, it was the perfect place to go and walk my dogs. On the day in question, I was out with my two dogs, a Great Dane and a Husky, and my mum's dog, a Scotty Terrier. My Husky likes to misbehave, so to stop her taking off into the bush at the smell of a kangaroo, she is on an extended leash. My Dane is loyal to the core, so he's off the leash and so is the Scotty. She can be a pain and run off, but always seems to come back, so I don't really have a problem with her. So, this bush road, it has what are called fire roads. I believe, therefore, if you get caught in the bush in fires, so there are other escape paths, but I'm not 100% sure. These little beat up paths, though, are like 20 times rougher than the already rough dirt road that I walk along. I was heading back towards home at this stage, when suddenly, all the dogs freeze up. For a moment I thought it must have been a roo or a wallaby or something and instinctively grabbed my husky's leash tighter. She always pulled my arm off when she saw or smelt a roo. But they all stood frozen, even my husky. I could see the fur on my Dane's back on end as they stared ahead towards the fire trail that branched off. For a moment I thought it must have been a person and they were on edge because they hadn't expected to see someone. As I actually took the time to look to what the three of them were staring at, I finally saw it. There was a, a brown colored shadow in the thinner area of the trees before the dirt track about 15 meters away. Now, I've walked this road nearly daily, so I knew each log in this area like the back of my hand, and it wasn't something that I had seen before. This was confirmed too when this thing suddenly shot off and moved and man it was fast, like abnormally fast. The kind of speed that you would expect for someone on a motorbike but there was no motor. In fact despite my straining my ears I heard no sound whatsoever. No cracking of sticks, no rustling of branches. It just took off into the thicker trees after standing there and watching me for like a good 10 seconds. I was sure that I had to be going mad, but as I looked to the dogs, all their heads were turned, staring in the same direction that this thing had vanished. 
It took me another good 30 seconds standing listening before I finally managed to move forward towards the spot that this thing had been. I had to pass it to get home and so as I walked past it, the dogs all began acting so weird. For instance, my normally brave husky wouldn't go near the spot, kind of sniffing at it from a distance and then pulling ahead. The Dane did a full circle of the spot going to the furthest point on the other side of the road to it, his tail tucked between his legs, and the Scotty followed him cowering in his shadow. I had never seen them act like this before. Normally if there was an animal or a scent, they would all barge each other to sniff at it, but they just wanted nothing to do with this one. If it was a person, my Dane would normally go into defense mode and stand guard, so I really don't know what this was. Walking in this area too, I know the sounds of roos, wallabies, birds, snakes, even feral deer made, but this thing, it moved like it didn't even touch the ground, not a sound. If the dogs had not been there and reacted to the same thing, I would have thought that I was insane or imagining it. But man, the silence of the bush after it, it made me feel so not right. And the whole walk back home too, I just felt like I was being watched. I kept looking back over my shoulder, but we would never see anything and we never heard anything either. As I left the bushy area, I began to feel more at ease and the dogs seemed to relax too. Honestly, I don't know what I saw that day. There isn't much on Aussie Paranormal except for Yowies and Spirits, but this figure... It was too big to be a person. It seemed wide and solid, more like a, a bear on hind legs kind of build, and it seemed really tall too. I would guess maybe seven to eight feet, but clearly there aren't any bears or animals like that in Australia, so what the heck did I see? What did my dog see? It freaked them out like I've never seen, and I haven't seen it on my walks again since then. Then again, I've also made sure to walk with others more often and sort of away from that spot. And while I felt uncomfortable and nervous, I don't know if I was in danger or if whatever it was was just curious. I mean, it didn't attack me, though I felt like it followed me for a while. Either way, I certainly won't ever be going there without my dogs, that's for sure. And from now on, I'm going to see if I can take a different route. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. 
Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.